crossing over to another episode of Monday Night Live, where we talk about the quality and quantity of your LinkedIn network, um, three-step process for generating leads on LinkedIn without using content. Um, we also talk about, I, I mean, I mentioned a few words on the coronavirus. Uh, we get joined by Lisa Tay, the incredible marketer from, from Melbourne, who's a lot of fun, um, and answer some questions from the audience. So enjoy and don't forget if you do like um listen to this on spotify or itunes and you can give us a review that'd be awesome share it on social media if you have any questions that you'd like us to cover in future episodes post them with hashtag ask nat thanks for listening what's up what's up linkedin it's monday night live <laughs> Welcome to the call. Let's see who we've got here. I'm just uh, setting up on my phone. Oh, okay. Here we go. I hope you've all had a fantastic day in business. I know I certainly have. I was moving house today, as a matter of fact. So I'm now by the beach, which is quite exciting. Let's have a look who we've got here. Oliver, how are you going? Wait for a few more people to join the call here. Bear with us. So today, um, first of all, hit like if you can hear me. I've got a new setup. I'm here um, in my new place. So I've sort of set up impromptu. But um, comment, if you can, with where you're joining us from. I want to know which city you're tuning in from. And we're going to talk about the quantity and the quality of your network. I've had a few questions this week about um, growing your network and whether you should be removing people that aren't relevant from your network, things like that. So I want to discuss that a little bit. Um, I also want to go over the lead generation system, the three-step process that you can use without posting content. And I've got a guest who's joining us. Some of you may have seen her post about uh, coming on the live tonight. A few more chats coming through. Um, Lisa Tay is going to be joining us, who's a big, uh, I'm a big supporter of, who's in, based in Melbourne in digital marketing. Got a ton of experience on social media. I'm pretty excited that we've got we we got a load of questions from the audience uh, to ask Lisa. So we're going to go through some of those. Um, and if you have got questions for Lisa, drop them into the chat. By the way, um, we'd love to hear from you. Alrighty, so let's get stuck into it. So the quantity and quality of your LinkedIn network. So Martin Stevens um, said to me. Um, he's wondered whether or not he should restart and start growing his connections from scratch. And um, I think Martin had about 10, 12, something like that, thousands uh, connections. And um, I think that when you've, before you reach the 30,000 limit, and I know that sounds like a lot, but that's a limit of connections you can have. I would focus your time on growing your network with the right people um, rather than, you know, on a defensive play, trying to remove people from your network. And the reason for saying that is, um, I see value in people that they may not be relevant to you, but if they're connected to people that are relevant to your target market, in other words, their connections might be in your target audience, then there's benefit and value of having them in your network. I hope that makes sense, Martin. Um, when you get to about 25,000 connections, you know, um, then you want to talk about, you want to think about uh, reducing some of those. When you get to 30,000, you realize, oh, okay, now I can't actually add new people. Um, so you have to start getting rid of some people that may not be relevant and, you know, isolating them by industry and location, things like that. Um, but there is actually some value otherwise in um, having them in your network. 
Let's see who else we've got here. Okay, the chats are just rolling in. Obviously, Lisa's in the, in the sidelines. Gemma Goodchild, Rasika, Belinda Agnew. Hey, they haven't spoken to you in a while. Uh, Subala, Dave Kenyon from Melbourne, Oliver, Vinay, Shaquille, Cheryl, Lee Campbell, Kate. Cool. And we've got, we've got people from all over the place. Isn't that ex That's awesome to see people from Delhi, from India, from the Gold Coast, from Melbourne, all joining in for the live. Let me know in the comments whether you think quality of your network or quantity is more important. Quality or quantity, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Do you, do you think that quality is more important or quantity in your network? Okay, so on social media, generally, to generate leads, content is king, right? LinkedIn is a little bit different. And uh, the reason is because, you know, like on other pl platforms, you can follow somebody. And you can't really decide who follows you. Whereas on LinkedIn, you get an invitation and you can accept the invitation. So it's almost like if you invite somebody in your target audience to connect and they accept, it's almost like, first of all, they've given you consent that maybe you can contact them in the future. Very similar to getting a business card at an event. Um, but they will also start seeing your content. So you can be very particular about who's in your network, hence why we were having the discussion with Martin earlier. Um, and so, to generate leads without content, all you need to do is find these people, uh, send them customized connection requests. Want to make sure it's customized. So it's just like not, I'd like to introduce my professional network like everyone else does. Um, show interest in them. And then when they connect with you, send them a message to say, hey, I'm interested in learning more about your business or learning more about what you do in this area so we can have a conversation. So I call that three-step system, find, connect, and engage. Now, you probably get a lot of sales letters in your LinkedIn inbox, which are rubbish. So it's very important to be targeted and personalized. I'm not suggesting you do blanket messages to everybody that's not personalized. Um, if you guys want some help with uh, your prospecting on LinkedIn, I do have a prospecting kit, which has some scripts in it and some templates. If you want uh, the copy of the prospect kit, type in prospect kit in the comments. <laughs> Excuse me. All righty. Um, look, I know that it's at the moment it's a bit of a sensitive time with the coronavirus. Um, you know, I didn't really know what to say too much about it. I did some research this afternoon. I found that um, Nike's closed in the US, or well, New York rest shuttles, restaurants, and bars. Um, Starbucks is just doing takeaway only. <clears throat> All Apple stores outside of Greater China apparently are closing. Um, so you know, it's it's. You know, it hasn't hit Australia huge yet. I know there's people from all around the world um, joining us. And I just think it's important, first of all, obviously, to be safe, but also not to panic. I think that this thing, I, don't, I, I think it will blow over. But, you know, even if it doesn't, um, like, eventually things are going to go wrong in the economy. And it's how we react that's going to dictate, you know, how it affects us. And I think that it's important to just keep ourselves in check and remember that fear is a choice. I think gratitude is really important at the moment. Um, you can't simultaneously feel grateful and fearful at the same time. It's it's neurologically impossible. So think of all the things that you've got to be grateful for. Of course, um, be mindful, be kind. I think the most important thing is to be kind to others. Um, you know, be mindful of you know other people's boundaries, maybe not wanting to shake hands or what have you, um, and just just ride this out and take the necessary precautions and not get too hung up on it all. Um, but of course, you know, with events being cancelled and things like that, a lot of the stuff's going to have to move online, um, which, you know, we're going to have to do for this period. And I may be doing that with some of my events soon. Lisa Tay is waiting in the wings. 
Are you ready, Lisa? And is everybody in the audience ready for Lisa? All right. Let's... Hi, guys. I'm awake. Easy. I won't be able to hear you, Lisa. I'm excited. I actually stayed up. This is way past my bedtime. You're gonna you're gonna have to repeat that. I can only just turn my audio on. <laughs> this is way past my bedtime. Yeah, are you tired? <laughs> I'm not doing too bad. So you know that I like you because I stayed up for this. <laughs> oh, uh, you're just doing it for the fans, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> and the fans. I don't, don't think I have any fans, but I'm really excited. Thank you so much for getting me on. It's gonna be uh, fun. Absolutely pleasure to have you here. There's a couple of reasons why I wanted you on here. First of all. You're a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the digital marketing world. Uh, your experience across different platforms and so on is really helpful. But I also think you're a lot of fun. So, oh, well, thank you. you're too kind. You got to suck up to me because I stayed up late. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't fall asleep on us. Because <clears throat> it's nine. It's like quarter past nine in Melbourne. So that time zone difference is tough. Yeah, that's right. And you know, doing it on a Monday is tough as well. I don't know whose idea that was. I know yours. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Lisa, so Lisa, I know you sent me some questions um, that your audience have, have asked uh, of you. Here we go. <clears throat> Max Lau, best way to start a business when you have little capital? Well, that's a great question, isn't it? That's a mm. very good question. And I would say getting onto LinkedIn is probably one of the biggest ways to actually get business if you're just starting out, especially if you're B2B. I think it's one of the quickest ways to build your network and cheap because you don't you don't even need premium like you can just go on and start connecting with people that you want to uh you know sell your product to for example um if you're starting product based it's a little bit harder because you need that capital to start up but like the you know the minimum viable product uh, i think that's from the lead startup like that sort of suggests like you don't need to have ten thousand units of something just start off small and then refine as you go along uh, but yeah. I definitely would say you've got to be prepared to hustle when you're starting out. Like you've got to have no shame and just be ready to just work your butt off because it's really freaking hard. Did, did you have capital when you first started in entrepreneurship? No, oh, I saved up money. So I was working uh, and then I actually went full-time into starting my digital marketing company because I saved up money. Uh, yes. And then when I had my product business, I was doing it uh, on the side of my current job. It was just more like a hobby. But I know a lot of people, um, you know, don't have the luxury of potentially quitting their job full time. So I definitely say there's no harm in doing it as a side hustle and then, you know, be willing to work hard after hours and on weekends. And there's no reason why you can't make it work. Yeah. And, and, and if you've got a really good idea, there's no reason why you can't get access to capital anyway, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you just got to be able to sell it, you know, and have no shame at all. <laughs> I've got nothing. <laughs> awesome. I, so I've got a question because I, I think your um, content routine will be really helpful for some people. We've talked about it before. But can you tell people about how you manage to, to produce content on a daily basis, what your routine is and how you actually create? Yeah, that's a good question. So I actually get up early and I get into work early. So I get to work at around 7, 7.30 every morning. I have a little tripod that I bought from eBay. It was only like $40. Just DM me, DM me if you want the link to it. And I just find a nice window where there's natural light. So I look young. Uh, <laughs> next time we have to do this when there's daytime lighting. Yeah, this yeah I know. Night, night, yeah. 
there's so many reasons why night's difficult. <laughs> so then I usually have a list of topics that I write down in my phone. So if I hear something, you know, some advice someone's given me, I hear a podcast that I find you know, an interesting quote from or hear something in an audio book, I just keep a list of potential topic ideas in my phone and then I go and shoot every morning. So I literally just turn my phone on, I record off my phone and then I just do my caption, upload it and then spend, you know, the first 20 minutes just responding to any comments just to kind of get that algorithm going, okay, this is content that, you know, people might be engaging with. And yep. then, yeah, it sort of just travels throughout the day. So I would 100% say if you're thinking of getting content out there, it doesn't have to be perfect, doesn't need to be overly produced. You just need to get something out there and then just keep doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, because your, your content um, does really well and... Um, what, what are the, where do you get the topics from? Is it from your audience or? Oh, thank you. That's very kind of you. I, I personally am like, I, I just share things that I find interesting to me. So it might have come from a question from my audience, a question that someone's messaged me, a podcast, an audio book, uh, advice I've given someone, advice someone's given me. So there's content everywhere. And I always say to, to my clients and to my friends who are looking to create content, I just say, thinking content because there's literally so many different um, you know, places you can get content every day. We're exposed to content all the time. You just have to start seeing new content. So kind of almost like the matrix. It's like, you know, how he sort of sees like all those yeah. little binary things. It's like everywhere you look, there's content. There's a content opportunity. You just have to start training your mind to see it. Yeah, I, put the, I think it was I think it was Brooke Volodovich that talks about the content goggles. She puts her content goggles on and looks for things that she sees day to day. Very similar yeah. to what you're talking about. Yeah. I noticed actually content creators, like they seem to be like big learners as well. So like not just creating content, but also like constantly consuming stuff from the, you know, industry experts. Um, and I know you do, you do the same. Uh, Jamil, Jam I hope I pronounced this right. Jamil Darwish has asked if there's any good books that she, uh, he or she should read this year. <laughs> good question. So I've got a few. So firstly, The Alchemist. So uh, one of my friends, Daniel Maskey from Maskey Group, actually gave me The Alchemist, and I read that this year. And it's the most beautifully written book. It's so – it's almost like a fairy tale, but the, the way it's written – or yes, yes. So it's yeah. like one of the top selling books in the world and it's just beautifully written. It's got a lot of life lessons in there. So it's not just relevant for business. So I definitely recommend checking out The Alchemist. It's classic. And then in terms of business, I would look at The Obstacle is the Way, which Amanda from my team recommended me. Ryan Holiday. Scaling up. Pardon? Ryan Hol Holiday, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, my God. You know your books. <laughs> <laughs> You're like an encyclopedia of knowledge. So and that, we were actually talking about that in our uh, weekly call today because she said it's such a good book to reread now because the yep. because of the coronavirus. So I was actually at a seminar last week and someone was saying, you know, obviously with the coronavirus, everyone's looking at it from a really negative perspective. But from a mm. business perspective, when things like this happen, there's always opportunities. So you just have to find them. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, like, I think that um, we'll start to see a couple signs of it slowing down, or something positive will happen, and then it'll be the time to sort of go gang ho and start buying stocks and you know yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was just talking about taking all my events online as well. So I mean, yes. there's opportunities there, I guess. Um, 
But um, yeah, keen to hear what everyone else thinks about the coronavirus. You know, if if you think it's something that we, you know, need to take more seriously, less seriously. What are, what does everybody think of the way Donald Trump's been handling it? I'm sure you guys have got some jokes you can share. Um, yeah, be kind, be grateful is my the way I look at it. My message. Um, uh, we've got so many questions here, Lisa. Um, David, surname is pronounced Banger. <laughs> okay, thanks for letting <laughs> us. Uh, that's really helpful when they, like, in brackets, tell me how to pronounce a surname. Yes, I know. <laughs> um, how do you spend and schedule your, your time and what have you learned about managing time? Good question. That's a great question. So, God, that's a hard one. I feel like I was guilty of just working around the clock and you just burn out. And I think you, I mean, I'm lucky because I love what I do. So I don't feel like it's work necessarily, but I do believe that you do need to have some downtime. So whether that's when you exercise or you meditate or you spend time with your friends, or your, you know, your loved ones and your family, uh, I think it's important to have that downtime. So I try and set myself uh, boundaries. So I actually don't check my email till I get to work. And actually, I don't check it until I've done the most important task of my day. So I can go about my day and, you know, start my day with exercise, you know, take my dog for a walk, things like that. So I can start off on a positive note and then I can get to work, do actually achieve one thing off my to-do list, the most important thing, and then get onto my emails. Otherwise, as soon as I go into my emails, I just get stuck and then I just, you know, end up getting into a cycle and then I'm just lost for the rest yeah. of the day because I'm quite unfocused. Well, that's uh, and interesting because you seem like very responsive on your emails yeah. and also like on LinkedIn as well. Like you're, you're on the ball, but I, I didn't realise you had that downtime at the start of the day. Yeah, I have to because I'm addicted to my phone. So I did this thing where I was checking it the other day. Wow. Um, you can check your screen time and how many times you pick up your phone on average during the week. I pick it up 200 times, which is disgusting. <laughs> That's not that bad. I've heard some, <laughs> I've heard some bad, like some worse statistics than that. You're mm. trying to be nice. The average is like 50 to 80. I was like, oh, my God, I'm literally double that, <laughs> triple that, quadruple that. <laughs> No, so maybe you're doing something right. Because you got to tell me how many yeah. times you pick up my phone. Oh, look. So I, I had a research report that says on average we do it 2,600 times a day. Like, like touch it, sorry. It's not pick up the phone, touch it. Swipe, push a button, whatever. Um, one research study. That's what I love about research, right? They can say all different sorts of different things. But, yeah. You can find literally research to back up anything you want. Yeah, it's very addictive, like for sure, as, you know, social media is. And it becomes, the lines get blurry when it's mixed with business. You're like, oh, but it's work, you know, but you have to have some sort of boundaries. Like for me, LinkedIn, I I, I don't touch it in the evenings, you know, before I go to bed because I just, you know, I, I can't sleep. You'll get too wound up if I start looking at my phone before bed. I know. And can I tell you, I recently got onto TikTok. Oh, <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> you know why they call it TikTok, don't you? Because you're bloody time's TikToking away. Because it's going to consume all your time. Yeah. Go, you know, like I don't, I'd be interested to find out how much business, you know, Gary Vee and people like that are actually generating from TikTok. Well, very interestingly, I was in a hotel. So I was in Sydney last week. So I was actually meeting up with LinkedIn and TikTok. And I was doing like a little video because I was documenting my day. And I said, oh, I'm here to meet up with LinkedIn and TikTok. I was with my friend Nick. And then this lady came up to me and said, hey, are you meeting TikTok? And I said, yeah, I'm going to go see them soon. She goes, oh, I'm actually 
she's she goes oh i'm sort of like well tiktok reach out to me because i've grown twenty thousand followers in two weeks and she's a voice coach and she did this video that went viral and it got i think eight hundred and fifty thousand views her name's sally i think sally crosser and So TikTok reached out to her and said, hey, we want to start working with you and helping you. And she said she gets so many leads from TikTok for voice coaching. Yeah, awesome. Fantastic. Um, and how many are you in your team right now, Lisa? Uh, 13. Amazing people. They're fantastic. I love my team. Yeah. I mean, you just seem to take all of this in your stride. 13 people is a lot of people to manage, isn't it? And then, you know, everything else. Oh, you're too kind. I, I honestly have an amazing team. Shout out to my ops manager, Lana. She's bloody incredible. I can't survive without her. I'm just really a mess and I just go along <laughs> and I'm just doing something I love and then my team keep me in order. So they make, they are really nothing without them. Like they just keep everything ticking along and I'm just living in the clouds, like just thinking of things to sell. <laughs> And so, all right, okay. So you're posting on LinkedIn every day. Do you post on other platforms as well? So I post on, I used to post on Insta every day and now I probably post, uh, I'm getting pretty lazy on Instagram. So I probably post once a week. Lisa's huge on Instagram, by the way. She's very modest, but she's big on Instagram. You're way too (laughs) kind. Um, And then I started TikTok. So I'm sort of an all or nothing person. So I don't know what I'm going to do on TikTok because I feel like, I mean, I love LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is amazing for meeting incredible business people. I've made so many friends from LinkedIn, such as yourself. Hopefully you see me as a friend. (laughs) Absolutely. You're like, no, I don't. (laughs) Um, And I love LinkedIn for business. Like I get so much knowledge from the platform and I love sharing anything that I've learned and hopefully that helps you know, if that helps one other person, then that's incredible. Uh, yeah. But TikTok will be interesting because like, I do want to do more on TikTok, but I can't dance. And I know there's a lot of cool dancing stuff. So I'm like, okay, I can't do that type of content. So I'll be really interested to see. But you haven't got any shame. So you could try to dance and that would be entertaining. I did. Actually, that was on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I did a video of me trying to follow a tutorial and it wasn't pretty, unfortunately. <laughs> okay, so like I've got to get on now. I got so to get on now. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. Yeah. So I'm pretty proud of myself because I got about 2,600 views. <laughs> yeah, you get a lot of views really quickly, can't you? Oh, the organic reach on TikTok and LinkedIn is insane. So, you know, as you would know, on Insta and Facebook, the organic reach is pretty much dead because it's a content saturated platform. So there's more content than there is users. So you probably reach around 10% of your audience. Whereas on LinkedIn and TikTok, it's content deficit platform. So you actually get that amazing organic reach because they want to show as much content as possible. So for me, I'm like, oh, I've got to take advantage of these platforms while I can. And it's also good for me just to learn about them for my clients. But yeah, now's the time. So I'm expecting to see you do some dance TikToks. You know, I've got an account set up. I just, then I deleted it because I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to get distracted, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm just tuning into the comments. I want to see if we've got any questions from the audience. Oh, it's cool to see um, Ryan here. Yep. Rasika, Lorraine, Belinda. Oh, we got, let's see, let's, I'm just going to try to scroll down to the questions. There's so many comments here. It's fantastic to see so many people on the call. You, it must be because you're here. No. <laughs> no way. Definitely not. <laughs> Coronavirus, a lot of comments about coronavirus. Um, all right, here we go. There's some questions here. 
So um, what about captions? Do you think that um, they're important or should you get just get the video out immediately, somebody has asked, or Paul, Paul Harrison's asked, sorry. Good question, Paul Harrison. I actually personally don't do captions on my videos. And I think firstly, if, you're, if that's the thing that's gonna stop you, do not worry about captions, just get a video out. So there's amazing programs like rev.com where you can just upload your caption, uh, upload your video and get a caption file spit out for you. But at the start, don't worry about best practice, literally just get your content out and post. Now the reason why, and some people do ask me why I don't do captions, and I actually believe that um, I would rather people engage with me and listen to my voice because I'm a very like I'm very passionate about everything that I talk about and sometimes I don't feel like that passion can be conveyed in text and then if you're say for example uh, reading someone's subtitles you're not necessarily engaging with their face so I'd rather people engage with me and yes. hopefully see that I don't know I'm just a bit of a dag at the end of the day I'm just a dork that loves what she does and you know I feel like on Insta, for example, it's so filtered and everything looks so perfect. Whereas on LinkedIn, I love that it's so raw, you know, and I make mistakes when I talk and I, you know, I'll say I'm a hundred times, but, you know, I hope that that gives other people out there the courage to actually just post and realise it doesn't have to be Absolutely. perfect. Absolutely. Yeah, you're doing a great job. I mean, there's a reason why people would tune in to watch us talk shit live then go and watch, you know, the David Letterman show or whatever. Like, you know, it's an option, right? <laughs> Yes, it's because it's exactly. authentic. It's real, and we, you know, we we're gonna make mistakes and and say a lot of ums and ahs. So that's the reason why people are on them too. Tell me that right now. Sorry, <laughs> this is a produce. Like this is just us, you know, just chatting. And I think that that's what people like. You know, we're so used to content that's been filtered and photoshopped and face tuned. It's like people are done with that sort of crap. You know, this is yeah. just two people who happen to love what they do chatting on a. Monday night and you know hopefully you know someone out there takes away a bit of knowledge from this and that might change their life or they just feel a little bit more inspired to take on their day tomorrow yeah absolutely um Lisa what's the best piece of advice you've ever received oh god that's a hard (laughs) I just put I thought I'd put you on the spot before we wind up you know (laughs) (laughs) that's a hard one no that's a hard one I've received so much amazing advice over my life I can't think of, uh, I don't know where, I mean, this is just a saying, but I really live my life by this saying, and I'm sure lots of people have said it to me, and I've said it to a lot of people, and it's so cliched, but it's honestly, do what makes you happy. And if there's one thing you can take away from this whole talk, it's try and find that, because if you do that, like then you'll love your life. You know, like I started my career as a tax lawyer. I was stuck there for seven years. Hmm. I know, talk about boring. Sorry for all the tax lawyers out there, no offense. I, there, it, must be, there must be people that love it. Yeah, <laughs> that, is not, that is not you, Lisa. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, look, it's, it's a great job. It's a great industry. I, it personally wasn't for me, but I'm so lucky to have found something that I love. And I know that it's not easy, but just put yourself out there and, and look and try things. Like have the guts to give something a go. And if it doesn't work or you don't like it, try something else. Like I failed so many times along the way. Still, still make mistakes. Still lots of failures to come. But at the end of the day, I'm I'm happy that I've ever been. So I really can't. Oh wow, that's awesome. That's really nice to hear. Um, we'll have to wrap it up in a minute. But um, Lisa and I had the opportunity to do an interview uh, a couple of months ago at the Startup Grind with on LinkedIn Heroes. So if you guys want to check that out, that's on YouTube somewhere. 
if you search for oh, our names. No, I felt bad. You were doing it so well and I just felt like I was an idiot. Oh, well, I'd, I'd been on a flight from midnight till 7 a.m. the next, so that day, and then had to do three talks that day in Melbourne. So I was a bit knackered. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah, coffee. Thank God for coffee. Um, yeah, thanks. Of, you were talking about LinkedIn as well, weren't you, for all those times? Oh, yeah. I, was, I, was, I needed a LinkedIn detox after that. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. Oh. Like, when you're talking about LinkedIn a lot, it can be, yeah, Really a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but oh, it's an amazing platform. So obviously everyone tuning in today is on LinkedIn. And yeah. definitely for you to get active on there and post content. And if you can do video, video is amazing for personal branding. So mm. don't, I guess, yeah, try not to overthink it, you know. Yeah, just do it. absolutely. Yeah, just go for it, guys. Um, get stuck in. If you want to tag Lisa and I in your post, we'll tell you what we think of your content. Uh, we'll be nice, won't we? Oh, definitely. And I have to say, whatever your lighting is over there, it is on point. Like, you look great. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I have got a new ring light. <laughs> so, um, it's a work in progress. <laughs> oh, man, I should have got one of those. I feel like my lighting is, like, not good. <laughs> it's it's huge. Yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> I just ordered the biggest one. Yeah. No, lighting's something that's, um, like, you can get natural light's the best without a doubt, but obviously nighttime, you know, no natural lie, right? Um, thanks everybody for, for sorry. I'm, gonna, I'm not looking my best in this, in this artificial light. We need, to, fantastic. we need to do another LinkedIn in the natural light. We have to come back to Monday Night Live. I'm gonna have to wrap it up there before we go on too long and you need to get to bed. Um, so thanks everybody for joining us. If you have any topics that you'd like us to cover in Monday Night Live in future episodes, drop them in the comments. Let us know what you think and we'll see you next week. Thank you very much to the Lisa Tay for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Hope you all got some value from that and we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks for having me, Nat. <laughs> see ya. Bye. -bye.